0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: You know, you were, as you know, you were granted political asylum by President Reagan. Uh, In in 1988, you came to America, and you're currently uh, a lawyer in uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, so you have kind of a unique perspective, do you not? You lived a large part, for, certainly through your childhood and your early life. Uh, you lived under communist rule. Uh, you lived in a place where Christians were were not just oppressed. They were murdered, tortured. Uh, the practice of Christianity, the reading the Bible, the possession of a Bible were all we're all reasons to be tortured and killed and your whole family killed for that matter. Uh, And now you are here in the United States and I'm sure you are aware that there are some things going on in our country, which should be of concern to you. Would you like to talk about those for us? Yes. There are
2: a lot, a lot of uh, things that concern me. Uh, I have been in the United States from almost 30 years, and I have seen America being changed so much. But before I said about those concerns, I want to remind American people that God used us as Americans to bring freedom and Christ all over the world that it's time for us to bring Christ and freedom back to America. It is time for us to stop being fearful of the government or to be politically correct, but be godly correct, biblically correct. To be encouraged that we always have another chance another opportunity with God. No matter how fearful we were yesterday, today we can say, Lord, make me strong and courageous. Help me to be a light for people around me so I can encourage you and me, can encourage others and change change me and change my family my community, and my country. Our hope is not in the government. I uh, I am involved in politics. I've represented my district. My Texas governor, Abbott, appointed me now to a very special commission. And I do my part as a citizen. But our hope is not in the government. Our hope is in God.
1: Those are very strong words, and they're very correct, and, and you know, uh, I certainly do, and my listeners know that our country, the United States, was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Those principles are part of the Constitution, they're part of the fabric of the society, and there are people actively today trying to destroy every single one of those traditions, destroy everything that that God intended for this country, uh, and I know that you've seen many of those things. Uh, how would you compare some of those, some of the things that are happening today, to what went on in Romania when you were younger?
2: There are a lot of similarities. Maybe I cannot go over all of them, but one that comes to my mind is. The fact that our churches and special, especially our pastors are silent on many issues, abortion, family, and, and the list goes on. I want to ask pastors and people involved in a ministry to read my book, but read chapter 3. At least four times. It's a story of my uncle who was afraid to speak when it was time to speak. And later on in life, he lived as a prisoner of his own guilt. In fact, he was not able to look at his, in his eyes in the mirror and he was put in psychiatric hospitals several times during his time when he finally decided to speak up because the socialist and communist government was powerful enough at that time to put people to silence people so I'm asking people to confront their fear by trusting God. The Bible said, when I'm afraid, I trust in you, Psalm 56.3. With God, we are conquerors, and we can conquer every situation. There is no freedom without Christ, not even in America.
1: You bring up an, another incredibly important point, and that is our pastors, for the most part in this country, are silent. That is a travesty. That is really going against God's law, because if anyone should be speaking up against, against abortion, uh, and and loss of human rights and freedoms. It should be our pastors; they should be reminding us that that this is not God does not condone the murder of innocent babies in a mother's womb. We had on Freedom Forum Radio at, uh, in the past uh, Pastor Dan Fisher, uh, who is from Oklahoma, and he had a program called bringing back the black-robed regiment. And that was the story of how during the American War of Independence, it was the pastors from their pulpits who preached freedom, who who actively participated with their parishioners in arming and training them so we could defeat the British monarch. The church had an active role in this country, and it made our country, based on Judeo-Christian principles, to be the envy of the earth. And today there are forces in this country who, just like in communist Romania, as you have so eloquently told us, there are forces in this country that also want to take God out of America that only can lead to very a very bad result, and very dire consequences.
2: That is, you you summarize it so beautifully. And I will say also, the parents, we as individuals, no matter the age, we have a great responsibility and also a wonderful opportunity to not be afraid of the darkness that spreads in America. Be thankful that in darkness, your light, Christ, will shine brightly in you if you allow Christ to shine. And if we as parents, as adults, we will walk in Christ's teaching and we leave, we, we individual will be the church. That will be an amazing transformation. We will become part of amazing transformation of America. We have to take responsibilities as parents to teach and train our kids from a younger age in God's word. So by the time they go to college, they will be rooted in Christ, and no new philosophy will move them to what we see now in college. They will be strong and courageous to stand up for Christ. And I also invite parents to be involved in their children's education. If they can homeschool, it's one thing, but if they go to private school or public school, I invite them, I challenge them to be involved And be aware of what is going on in school and be part of and challenge the school in those liberals and anti-Christian programs that they have. That's the role that we have. And also, our role is to teach our children at home and not to let the teaching on the school not even on our Sunday school program we have to teach them by the way we live and by the way we, we help them to understand God and if they are rooted in the Bible tells us that generations to come will praise the Lord my question to you to my listener is, do you want to be part of God's plan? That generations to come will praise God because with you or without you, God's plan will be accomplished. But once you like to be part of this amazing plan that God has, that your children and your grandchildren, people that you will not be able to see Will be influenced by your godly influence. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We'll be right back after this quick break.
1: Virginia Pardon, who we're talking with, survived as a lawyer in communist Romania, was granted political asylum by our great, great president, Ronald Reagan. Now, thankfully, blessed by God in this country to continue her work, her very important work of bringing God's word uh, to us all and to reminding us our duties and our responsibilities as part of God's plan. Virginia Prodan has written a book, Saving My Assassin. You absolutely must read this book. It's available on her website, virginiaprodanbooks.com or Amazon.com, where there are multiple five-star, hundreds of five-star reviews. Uh, It's a great read, and if you read it, you will understand how important her words are. You know, Virginia Perdon, I want to get to one last thing that that I think is important to, to explain to our listeners in 1985, in, in Bucharest, Romania, a trained assassin who was intent on killing you walked into your office. Of course, you had a history of fighting corrupt the corrupt communist regime of Ceausescu, uh, defending Christians, and he, rightfully you felt it was the end of the road. Uh, he sat opposite you. He was holding a gun on you. I remember the description, there you are you know, around five foot tall, and he was six foot ten or something of that nature. He probably seemed even larger at that point. So tell us all this most amazing story. There he was, intent uh, under orders, I am sure, to kill you. What happened?
2: My legal... um, actions and taking the government to court was something that attracted attention to people all over the world i know unknown to me as i was defending people in a courtroom and facing the court behind me god brought people from united states united states embassies and France, England, Jewish from all over the world that were taking notes and spreading the news. And that was God's way of protecting me, letting the world know that a uh, under five feet tall girl, 82 pounds, 20 something years old, had the courage to take the government to court and expose the government. More than that, God gave me an assignment um, that really exposed the government and the lies that dictator Ceausescu continue, continue to um, um, perform and uh, lie to the American government. When the God gave me that assignment, I was almost convinced that the government will have a reason to kill me. I will not say what the the assignment was, so I'm, I will let the um, listener to read because it's powerful. But what I did the the night before I was ready to go to work, I created a secret pocket inside of my suit. And I put the documents there, knowing that the government next day, as usual, they will take me to the security at headquarters and they will interrogate me. They will beat me and they will search me trying to convince to stop my legal actions against the government. And they did. But I want to share with you that that day. The government forgot to search me. And I was able later on to give the documents to the American government. And later on those those documents were presented to President Ronald Reagan, who immediately decided to take the most favored national status from Romania. So you can imagine that the dictator was not very happy. So he decided to send a so-called client, to my office. And he came late, exactly the time when my secretary was ready to leave the office. Humanly speaking, the, guy, the dictator's plan and his team was done in a humanly perfection, So the client came and I invited him in my office. The secretary, my secretary, left the office and we heard her closing the door. And the minute that followed after that, as I invited my client to my office, he ordered me to sit on the chair in front of the office. So I stood there and the minute that I stood there and he was sitting in front of me, he pulled his uh, jacket, took his gun and pointed to me and said, I'm not your client. I'm here to kill you. And in details, he explained it to me who sent him, why, because I didn't follow the order of the government and how he's going to kill me. I was really convinced and he was really convinced that I will die in next minute and I will never speak about this. My knees were shaken. My mind reminded me of all the advice That my friends, even my enemies, told me, stop fighting against a powerful dictator. We're going to find you dead one day. It was so much noise inside of me and also outside of me. uh, My my killer, my assassin, screaming and continuing talking about how he's going to kill me. And still I heard the whisper of God, share the gospel, and I did. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government. Is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom?
1: Joy in everything, 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 everything,
2: gonna be all right this morning.